Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Grant Nichols is passionate about a lot of things, technology, real estate, and nonprofits. But today, we'll talk about his main business, Blue Wave Technologies. Blue Wave provides software as a service to manufacturing businesses with the goal of increasing transparency, reducing data noise, and maintaining a system of continuous improvement. Joining me today to discuss business, networking, and technology is Grant Nichols. Grant, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sanjay. So good to be here. So, uh, you know, it'd be great if you could give us a little bit about your background and kind of your history, and then we can kind of dive into what you're working on now. Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, I grew up here in Georgia on the west side of Atlanta. Um, and then in my early teen years, we moved up to to the mountains in a small town. Um, and from an early age, you know, I was raised in an entrepreneurial family and I kind of had that spirit about me. So I vetted a lot of um, businesses and projects at a, at a really young age and ended up landing um, on doing a landscaping company with my friend. So that kind of kicked off my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, and then I actually went to school um, at UNC Charlotte for international business, but that was the same year that I had started Blue Wave Technologies uh, <clears throat> and had really gotten interested in the tech world, in the VC world, um, and really wanted to go in that direction. So I went to do uh, an entrepreneurship program at a different college. Um, and then after a year of that and uh, doing my business for a year, I actually left school full time um, and took it away from from just this side hustle and, and thing that I was doing uh, and actually launched and did it full time. Um, and I've been doing that ever since. So it's, it's been a really exciting ride. Yeah. So you, you mentioned um, you've been around entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial ventures for a long time. Like what else is there? Are there folks in the family? Um, that have been entrepreneurial that you've seen or have you worked in those businesses? Uh, yeah, of course. So on my mom's side and on my dad's side, there's been entrepreneurs. Um, and my parents were entrepreneurs when I was young. So I got to see the lifestyle, uh, the flexibility that they had and the time that they got to spend with us and even take us cool places um, doing business. So uh, that was really ingrained in me from a young age. And like I said, I did a few things in high school, but ended up landing on on landscaping um, and looked into some other entrepreneurial ventures in college, uh, which really didn't work out. Um, had formulated startup you know, validation and ideas uh, and things like that, but kind of crumbled the paper on that and let it go. Um, and then landed on Blue Wave and, and have just done that full time. Uh, and I've done other things here and there, some contract work, um, just bouncing off of Blue Wave. The problem is I've got so many different ideas um, that you can't really do all of them. So 
anyways, in short, uh, my experience has all been kind of just in the real world, um, some formal edu education, but I've been getting a lot of, uh, I guess, school of hard knocks lessons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, and that, you know, what you mentioned there of entrepreneurs and having ideas and, and having way too many of them, that is a perennial problem, I think, with entrepreneurs. Um, so let's dig into that for a second. How do you keep track of those ideas um, and, and kind of think about them and get them out of your head? Uh, that's a good question. I actually try to think them out all the way, actually, and that's how I get rid of them, right? So uh, I always write them down if I think they're a good idea. If if I don't know if it's a good idea or not, I'll run it by a couple of people and they'll either say, you know, trash or treasure, uh, and then I'll, I'll save it or, or I'll trash it. So I usually keep it in either like my journal or in, in my phone, uh, sometimes on my computer. So it's kind of hard to keep up with all of them, but it's really just wherever I'm at at the time, uh, is where the idea lands. So. <clears throat> I keep up with it that way, but then I try to validate it through like all the possible applications and markets and industries uh, and things like that. And then obviously some of the, the biggest pitfalls in all those areas. Uh, so like I said, I really try to validate it all the way to the end if it really brings value or solves a problem um, for a customer. So if it, if it passes through that, it's still on like the bucket list of startups for me, right? So I'm really focused on Blue Wave right now and, and growing that. Um, but I always have this running list of other other ideas of good ideas. So like going back to my family is they were interested in a lot of things like my grandfather in tech, but primarily they were in real estate and law, but he was very engineer minded. So we would always bounce ideas off of each other. Um, and that's how I actually got into uh, business intelligence. Um, years ago, when I was in high school, he had said, listen, drones and business intelligence are going to be the next two big things. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I, I was a young kid. I just didn't listen. Um, and he passed away a few years later. And uh, shortly after Amazon um, released that they were going to be uh, delivering with drones. And I was like, oh, gosh. And so that's when I started to get into business intelligence. Um, so I've got ideas around business intelligence, around drones, around, you know, consumer, uh, goods. Um, really there is, is no limit. Um, really if I just see a problem or see an opportunity, I try to figure out how I could make it better or solve that problem. Yeah. And keep up yeah. with all those ideas. Yeah. I gotta say, I, I have a running list as well. Um, and I'm very happy when I see that somebody else has done one of the ideas on my list because then I can take it off my list uh, because the list is definitely way too long for me to accomplish in one <clears throat> lifetime. So uh, I'm happy to see those things uh, exist out in the real world. Um, okay, so let's talk about Blue Wave Technologies. Uh, first, tell us a little bit about what is it uh, and then we'll get into how you got there. Yeah, um, of course, it's a digital platform for continuous improvement, uh, utilizing companies' data. Uh, on the operational side. So it's helping a company take all of their old systems like paper and Excel sheets and things like that and creating an automated data collection system for those uh, data points and then displaying them in visual uh, key performance indicators and graphs uh, to help them continuously improve. Um, and we added a service model to that business as well. So part of the uh, subscription service um, is a SaaS business is that we actually do quarterly continuous improvement meetings where we identify new KPIs and new ways for the business to improve. 
So that is a, a very high level view of the business itself, but it can get pretty technical as well. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I want to make sure I'm clear about this. Can you give me an example of somebody that you work with that, and if you can't share the name of it, that's fine. Just describe mm -hmm. them. Um, and what is it that you actually do for them? Right. So for example, we work with like a, a ham processing company out of North Carolina. Um, ham as in like the, the food ham. Like, yes, like country ham, like food and beverage. Oh, okay. Uh, so they got process it. the hams and they make different products, right? And there are certain safety and quality measurements uh, that have to be collected throughout the day, the week, the month to comply with USDA, FDA, any types of regulations, right? Um, right. So they were using paper previously. We came in and we licensed them our digital form solution. So all of that paper is now digital and has an alerting system, task management, everything for them to keep up with compliance. Uh, and then on the operational side of their business, on the production side, they have other forms that they fill out as well um, to calculate efficiency and other top met metrics in their industry. So they've replaced their paper that they were using. Uh, their reporting system is now automated. It's not going down and chasing paper through a, a file cabinet from three months ago. Uh, they have it at their fingertips, right? So information is uh, the new gold. Um, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're unlocking the information that they already had, making it more accessible, um, and then being able to report on it in a much more easy fashion, as well as right. actionable, right? So they can understand right, right. how they're performing. Okay. Taking okay. that I data I and making it. it actionable for them. That's right. Okay. So how did you get into that? Uh, that, that seems like, uh, for somebody that uh, has dropped out of college, it's a very random place to be like, you know what, I'm going to go help people get rid of paper forms. You know, that's actually one of the most common questions that I get asked. It's like, why, like, why, how, what? <laughs> so yeah, I, mentioned... I mean, of course, it's, it's valuable and it's useful yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. great that you're doing it. But in your history, it doesn't seem like there was this, this issue that you experienced yourself. Or maybe right. there was. Yeah, so I, I really didn't experience it myself. Uh, I just had the, the vision behind it. Um, and I had uh, a mentor be able to steer me in the right direction. So as I mentioned earlier, my grandfather and I talked a lot about new ideas, about drones specifically, and business intelligence. So it kind of piqued my interest at a young age. And that had been in the back of my mind. Uh, and then I had met some guys at school at UNC Charlotte. So um, really loved it there. It was it was a great culture for uh, entrepreneurship. Um, just, you know, even colleges in general, right? There's just a lot of youth and it just feels like it's, it's startup mode, um, especially for a freshman in college. So I met this friend, actually a few friends that were interested in, in business and also in business intelligence. Um, that were majoring in uh, some type of information systems uh, management. So I partnered up with them um, and they actually mentioned the idea to me. They were like, what if we start a business intelligence company, help, help businesses make better decisions based off their data? And I said, that's a great idea. So we just started it as kind of a side hustle, you know, in the college library, sketching it out on the whiteboards and everything. Um, so we just started, that was just the first step is to just start putting a plan together and validating if there was a market for it and how we could penetrate that market. Right. 
um, identifying our, our competitors, doing a, a SWOT analysis, all those types of things. We were just kind of validating if we could survive for long enough to, to make any money and provide some value. Um, so just, very, just to make sure listeners understand what this is, you said SWOT analysis. So that stands for strengths, weaknesses, right. opportunities, and threats. Right. So it's a, it's a kind of four by a two by two matrix. Yep. Um, where you kind of analyze all of those things uh, and kind of understand your marketplace. Yeah, thank you for that uh, clarification. Yep. Um, so we were doing that and, you know, we didn't have a lot of capital because we're college students, right? So we're still eating ramen noodles every day. So we get some money from uh, some family and even some friends at college like that we had we had made and the real estate groups and our investing uh, groups that we were involved with. Um, they were like, yeah, man, we'll pitch in some money for this idea. Let's go. I hope you guys kill it. So we raised a little bit of money, uh, several thousand dollars and put in some money ourselves. Um for uh, licensing uh, a product and then adding our services on top of it. So we would license um, these KPI dashboards from a company. We would do the service on top for the business where we would uh, do all the integrations um, and then we would continuously add KPIs and tweak KPIs and things like that. So that's where we started off. Um, but we got our first, you know, several thousand dollars. I think we started with less than 5,000 bucks. And then it just kind of started to, to snowball from there. Um, now, more specifically into the manufacturing industry, we uh, had gotten like four or five customers. We had done well, um, kind of setting up the foundation of the business and then attracted a family friend, which had been looking for a solution like this for the manufacturing industry. So his small venture capital company, actually invested in us. Uh, and that's where we got the, the seed capital to actually build out our own technologies and really steer into the, the food and beverage uh, processing manufacturing industry. Got it, got it. So um, when is it that you found your first paying client in all of this? Was it before that VC came on or was it after? Yes, that was before the VC came on. That would have been late 2018, yep. Probably okay. around November of 2018, um, yeah. and then I had, like I said, we got like up to four or five clients, and then we attracted the the VC. So right. it was a small VC investment, but it continued to put in more money and provide more resources and things like that. Of course, got it. So have you had to go forward uh, since then and continue to raise money, or has have you just been growing based on revenue now? Well, a little bit of both. So hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Whenever you're you're raising money um, and starting a business, so we didn't raise enough money, so we raised some some more after that, about half of the original amount, uh, and then we've just had revenue for growth over this this past probably a couple of years during COVID years. Yeah, and and how has the the pandemic been? I imagine. Because of the industry you're working with, it's probably been pretty good because everybody still needs to eat, uh, even if a pandemic's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's the point of being in the food industry and all of the free food that you get, of course, right? So <laughs> that's a nice uh, little side perk there. Yeah, you always get food wherever you go. So services did slow down a little bit as far as new business, but we kept uh, all of our our previous customers. Um, and then we've been growing slowly since like that first year of COVID. So after that first year of COVID uh, and the pandemic, uh, after it was really locked down, you know, no companies were really letting uh, anybody in to sell to them. Um, and 
there's a lot of consult. There's a very consultative approach that you have to take um, because things have to be formatted exactly to their their processes. Um, so that one year period was pretty tough. But then after that that one year kind of lockdown that we had, things really opened back up, and people were like, "Oh my gosh! Like we've been out of the facility for eight months, and we don't know what's going on." Like upper management, so excuse me, they started to uh, really push this digital um, side of the bit. Industry 4.0 is kind of what we call it. Um, but pushing this industry 4.0 uh, methodology and ideology, uh, which has really kind of helped our organic growth um, over the past year, year and a half. So it was it was a little slow at first, but then it kind of started to pick back up again. Yeah, yeah. And so w- when is it that you made this transition for yourself? So you started this during college, mm-hmm. um, essentially as a side hustle. So was so dropping out was basically uh, the thing of like, hey, this is taking off and I need to go full time. Um, was, th- yes. was that the impetus of doing that or was it something else? It was a little bit of both. So the, the program that I was in uh, really was teaching things like just not in a flexible manner, I guess I can say. So I, don't, I really don't want to talk bad about the program. It was a good program, but there was no flexibility in the plans that they were laying out, right? And right. from running the company for a year, I was like, that's not really how it's working. And I was learning a lot of the things uh, in business that I was just learning in the class. So it felt very repetitive to me. So that was right. a, a really big indicator for, for me to leave. And then also that was the period in which we had received the venture capital too. So that allowed me to leave as well. Uh, so it was right. a couple different factors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was going to be my other question. How did you make ends meet? But having an outside investment obviously uh, helps, helps that quite a bit. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. So let's talk about uh, how do you balance uh, all of these things? Because, you know, being an entrepreneur, especially uh, a funded entrepreneur can be kind of all consuming, right? Because you have this responsibility to not just yourself anymore, uh, but also investors. So how do you think about this in terms of spending time with family and friends and, and all of those other things? Right. Yeah, that can that can really weigh on you uh, being an entrepreneur and especially having um other people to answer to, right? Especially when you're you're funded, it's not just yourself anymore. You know, people have given you money; they expect you to make this work. Um, so there is kind of that personal pressure that you put on yourself. Uh, but the way that I find balance is just remembering and recognizing that I can't do and be everything to everyone because what does fulfill me is not only my work. It's also the time that I get to spend with family, right? Um, and the memories that I get to make with uh, my parents and my siblings and my cousins and aunts and uncles. Um, so I just try to take in intensive and intentional breaks throughout the day to create that balance. So I, I, uh, I do a lot of planning on my calendar and time boxing and things like that. I make sure to intentionally set aside time for other tasks, for reading, for family, for cooking, for you know friendships and having fun, going out, uh, doing all the normal things that I need to do. Because part of the work I do 
is I need to be able to recognize trends. I need to be able to recognize consumer behavior. All of the things outside of my work life usually always end up somehow connecting uh, to my work life. So my, my family life and my life outside of work, I usually am always able to uh, refresh and connect the dots um, about things that I'm doing in my work. Does that make sense? So. Yeah. So it really does help me reflect and, you know, remember what's important. I think uh, I, it was interesting. I did a, a LinkedIn post about this a couple of weeks ago about what should work be your life? You know, should you keep them separate? Uh, should they be an integration? Um, but my perspective is it should really, your work should be part of your life. It should be your life, right? You should really enjoy what you're doing. You should be passionate about it. You should be passionate about the people that you help. Um, and you should reflect that as part of your personality. Your work should just be a direct reflection, right? So I try to remember that, um, and just make sure that I take intentional breaks, uh, cause I know it's important and there's, there's nothing that can replace the memories that you make, right? Yeah. So let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about um, actually running the business. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you guys are a system uh, that other businesses then implement. So they, you know, you might be a, a system that they've implemented that they that helps run their business. But what about your business? Are there technologies, apps, uh, services, systems that you use to help you run Blue Wave to make it all better? Uh, yeah, of course. So like I do a lot of the marketing stuff. Um, as far as apps, you know, I, I use a lot of the typical apps, uh, Slack, um, obviously my email and some design services like Adobe, um, WordPress and things like that. I really try to be my own productivity, uh, monitor. <laughs> so I work a lot in my calendar with like time boxing. And this is just kind of a practice that I've learned. Um, I read a book, you know, about Elon Musk, and I think they've talked about it on a lot of different shows and stuff, but he does what's called time boxing, where you set intentionally, you know, 30 minutes to do this task or an hour to do this task, uh, and then 30 minutes for a break or whatever that might be. So I found that that really helps. Uh, as far as apps, you know, I listen to a lot of music while I'm working. So depending on the task that I'm doing, uh, I'll listen to different music. If it's a repetitive task, I don't have to be creative. You know, I'll listen to rock music or, you know, hip hop or whatever it is uh, with words. But if I'm trying to be creative, I try to listen to more instrumental or just dead silence. Um, so it's just really things like that that kind of help me be productive uh, and focus on the, the task at hand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I listen to music all the time as, I, as I'm getting things done and, and very similar to you, too. Sometimes uh, it's the uh, the instrumental playlist on Spotify because mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to have to tune into the words either. So yep. thinking about kind of your uh, trajectory now and, and, you know, it's been a couple of years since you've been doing this. Um, is there a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's thinking about taking this leap um, and launching a side hustle or taking their side hustle and making it a, a full time business? Yeah, of course. I mean, just be curious about it, of course. Um, always be curious and always do your, your validation of the idea, but just start, right? I mean, just start somewhere. If you're interested in entrepreneurship, if you're interested in starting this side hustle, I mean, all you can do is fail. That's all that you can do, right? So I look at it like that, but I would say do your, your market research, you know, do a SWOT analysis, um, 
but do those sorts of things and validate it through your peers as well. Uh, but just start, just do it and, and snowball it and just continue and persevere and have faith in what you're doing. Uh, and then obviously have passion in what you're doing. Um, and you'll be able to succeed. Now, if you're raising money, if you're raising capital, always ask for three times as much as you expect. So <laughs> that's my only <laughs> advice there. That's great. That's great. Um, well, last question. Uh, if our listeners are interested in finding you, where can they find and connect with you online? I am most active on LinkedIn, I would say. So connect with me there. Um, but the best place is, is LinkedIn. I'm usually pretty active on there. Excuse me. Um, very active on there, actually. Okay, awesome. Uh, well, this has been great. Uh, Grant, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Sanjay. And uh, I look forward to talking again. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business Podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparikh.com. 